This is life with Lisa Williams. Well, we survived. <laughs> we survived all the eating and the shopping, and okay, here we are. We survived the big first holiday weekend of the season, and now we have, you know, these next few weeks to prepare ourselves for Christmas and family and gift giving and cards and cookies and parties and all of it. And so I'm glad that we survived. I hope the same thing happened in your heart that happened in my heart uh, repeatedly over this particular Thanksgiving weekend. I kept coming back to thankfulness and gratitude where sometimes I just um, feel sad about things or I lament certain things about life. But there was this gentle, beautiful, holy nudge back to gratitude repeatedly, not in a dismissive way of pain, but in a realization that you have so much to be grateful for. I thought of the Syrian refugees a lot this weekend. Whenever I found myself kind of lamenting something, um, I would think of what it would be like to have a war in my country and to put my child on my back and take the hand of the people I love and begin to just walk and to show up someplace with just the clothes on my back and what I have in a backpack. And then it made, you know, all the things that kind of get me bent out of shape, sometimes it made them small. You know, sometimes we do have great loss and I can't minimize my own pain anymore. That's something I've done in the past where I just go, I'm fine. It's okay. I'm Lisa. Everything's fine. I'm fine. It's okay. It it doesn't really hurt. (laughs) And I've learned over this past year and a half that that's just a lie and it's not beneficial. But to fully feel the pain of whatever I'm feeling, but then to just take that moment. Eric Allen, who I used to do mornings with on K-Love, used to be so good at this. He'd always help me think about perspective, you know, to take that moment and say, yes, this is tough. But think about what other people are going through. It doesn't minimize my own pain. But in comparison, I have too much to be grateful for, right? I hope that you had some moments like that where you could just go, I have a bed and I have clothes and I have something that I can drive and I have food and I have this or I have that. You know, for me, it always comes back to my boys for 20 years I was married without kids and we prayed for these boys, you know, we prayed for children, cried out to God, went through all of the denial of pain, went through the uh, uh, hardening of my heart, went through the, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I mean, you name it. I did it over those 20 years, trusting God, yelling at God, all of it. And And now as a 47-year-old mother of two, these boys of mine are such a balm to my soul. Even now, eight years into being a mom, they are definitely the thing at Thanksgiving that I hold their hands, you know, one in each hand. And I hold those little hands and I thank God out loud in front of them. Thank you, God, for giving these wonderful gifts and I hope for you, again, I'm repeating myself, but I can't help but say, I hope for you that you had some time over the past few days to reflect on what you are honestly grateful for and 
not on a shallow level, but the thing that makes your soul sing. And if you're a Christian, then like me, we always must land on what my seven-year-old said first when we were going around the Thanksgiving table. I'm thankful for Jesus dying on a cross for our sins. Yes, amen. This is the thing we're most grateful for. A God who loves us, who would sacrifice everything to be in a relationship with us, and that we can live in the kingdom of God here on earth. That is something to truly be thankful for. If you haven't listened to Natalie's story, I'm just going to encourage you that when this show is done, go back a day and listen to Natalie's story. As I'm speaking to you right now, the last time I checked, 650 people had listened to it in just a short amount of time. And I'm just so in awe of God and so thankful because in particular, her story is what I wanted to hear and share at Thanksgiving. And I've been thinking about it for weeks and weeks, like I just want Natalie Twiddell at Thanksgiving. I want to hear her story. I want to share her story. And so that so many people have listened to it is so yay God. And so if you haven't had a chance to listen to Natalie's story, I want to encourage you to go listen to beautiful Natalie unpack her heart about the pain of the past and the redemption of God. I have a big announcement. At least it's a big announcement in in my perspective. Something that I have been praying about and thinking about for months. And it hopefully will be a blessing to your daily life. Maybe, maybe not. It remains to be seen. But that being said, I have a big announcement. And um, I'll make that announcement on December 7th. So... I want to tell you now, but I can't yet. So December 7th. My church this weekend passed out an advent calendar with the sweetest ideas for every day and a Bible verse for you to read. So um, if you have kids or you maybe you have kids in your life that you love, nieces or nephews, uh, this calendar would be such a blessing. I wish I could just give it to you in your hand. But what I'll do instead is every day on the Life with Lisa Williams Facebook page, I will just post the Advent suggestion for the day. A little something that you can do with kids and then a Bible verse that you can read together. And they're creative and they're fun and they're funny and they're sweet. And there's 25 of them. So I will start on December 1st. Okay. Yeah. December 1st. (laughs) The first one will be posted on the Life with Lisa Williams Facebook page. If you haven't come there and liked that page yet, well, come on by. And hopefully some of these suggestions will be precious for you and for me and my kids. I love my church. Okay, if you're my friend, then you know how I talk. So you'll understand what I mean when I say this. And after I say this, if you don't really understand what I mean, then keep listening. I will unpack it. But this is how I would say it to a close friend, which we'll just go ahead and throw you in the mix of that. (laughs) India has messed me up. I'll explain. Going to India for a week has messed me up in a good way, but in an intense way. I guess I kind of had myself dialed in. And I guess I kind of had control of how I feel and how I see things. And it's almost like having everything in a perfect little package, like everything makes sense inside my brain. And then I go to India 
and I come back. And I mean, everybody says this, you know, when you go on a trip, whether it's a mission trip, you go to Mexico and you build things or you are able to go overseas and you do these things. And everybody always says it messes you up. But the way I was thinking it was going to mess me up was I would come back and go, oh, I'm so grateful I have a car and I'm so grateful I have a house. And oh my goodness, I'm so thankful I have this or that. But that's not how I feel. It has messed me up in the best sense of the word in my soul. Woo. I can't even explain it. I'm actually going to go spend a a full day with my friend, Carrie Scott, so that I can just talk for hours and try to unpack what India has done to my soul. Oh, just being with the people there, the Christians there. And being in a culture that is so quote unquote spiritual, but it is not the kind of spiritual that gives life from the one true living God. It's this weird spiritual place and feeling that and observing that. And then when you get into a place where you're with Christians, born again, kingdom of God, Spirit-filled, Jesus-loving human beings, and the presence and the power of God fills the room. Well, you're not the same after that. And then I come back home, and I don't know what to do with it. Like, like there's almost like a fire inside of me for God. Like, friend, I don't know what to do with it. (laughs) So I'm going to go spend a day with Carrie Scott so I can try to figure out my own soul and what I'm going to do with this fire for God that is burning inside of me so fervently that I don't want to put it out, but I don't know what to do with it. And so I'm I'm going to go talk a lot to my friend Carrie Scott. <laughs> Thank God for friends who will listen while you unpack your soul for hours. I wonder if you've ever been overwhelmed by the creation of your to-do list where you get out a piece of paper and you think, oh, let me jot down some things I need to do. Well, let's see. I need to do laundry. I need to do the dishes. No biggie. I do those all the time. Oh, maybe we should do Christmas cards. Oh, I need to buy a gift for everyone who I love. Wait, I love a lot of people. I need to put up a tree. I need to make sure my kids have a great Advent experience. I need to get some gifts underneath the tree. I need to make sure the house is decorated. I probably should have some friends over to see the decorations. I probably want to go to all my friends' houses and see their decorations. I need to bake something. (laughs) And then in the creation of the to-do list, I wonder if this ever happens to you too. (laughs) If you're like, never mind. I'm just going to sit here on the couch and watch Netflix and eat ice cream straight from the little bucket. So I want to encourage you and me. We only have to get done the things that we can get done, right? And we don't have to be perfect. We do not have to be perfect. And what's more important than perfection? Meaningful experiences, meaningful memories. So keep it real and keep it doable and don't freak yourself out because the normal things of life have to get done And just a few added extras will make Christmas special for you and the people that you love. You are not Martha Stewart. I am not Martha Stewart. I have to say that a few more times. I am not Martha Stewart. I am not Martha Stewart. I am not Martha Stewart. (laughs) Okay. I'm feeling a little better.
sort of. When you start to think about what you're really thankful for, maybe you start to replay the year, 2015, and you start remembering the things that have happened. And when that video started playing for me, wow, I was blown away by all that God has done in my life just in 2015. And I have a lot to be grateful for. One of the things that comes to mind, top of mind, is this crazy idea of starting this show and doing a Kickstarter campaign to help fund the creation of the show. And I have to say that I'm very thankful for Paul and Marianne Goldsmith because they let me come to their house last January for five days in Pennsylvania. I just stayed with them and we dreamed. And Paul helped me think through the processes of what is it I want to do with my life? And I have something I want to say, but how do, what do I do? And Paul's like, podcast, you're going to do a podcast. And well, what do I call it? And how often do I do it? And how do I distribute it? And what's really the point? And I mean, so many questions. And the Goldsmith family was so there for me in January. And even back it up a little before I went to see them, that God would meet me in prayer and help me understand, you know, he is awesome. God is awesome. He will meet you in prayer. He loves you. The God of the universe loves you. There's something to be thankful for, to be totally seen and totally loved. There's something to be thankful for. And how he met me in this very room where I am right now in prayer, in my red prayer chair. (laughs) And how he unpacked in my soul that I have a message, I have a calling, and I have a platform. And I needed to just move forward. And then how Paul and Marianne were able to help me put flesh on the bones. And then from that meeting until the Kickstarter campaign, just getting prepared. And then... (laughs) The Kickstarter campaign where so many people gave money so that I could kickstart this show on May 1st. And then from May 1st until now, having the show in my life almost every day, having guests and having, you know, throttled through, like, let me think about what I believe and who I am and what other people believe and what is truth. I mean, just to have the show in my life. And, and thankfully in your life, it's just been such a point of gratitude. I'm so thankful. And then on a personal level, through therapy and through intense work, a very painful summer of getting to the bottom of some very difficult things and watching my husband walk out this journey of becoming who God called him to be and, and me walking it out with the help of treasured friends and therapists and 12 steps and new friends and Bible studies and just walking it out and not running from my own life. Woo! 2015 has been a game changer and surviving all of that, you know, still being alive in spite of my own life. (laughs) Still, I'm still here. (laughs) I'm still here. And I can't believe how I've grown and how God has now shown me so many things. It's been remarkable 2015. And oh, my heart as I'm speaking begins to ache for you. Deep inside, I ache for you to be healthy. I ache for you to know God. 
more intimately. I ache. I ache for you to know how loved you are by our God, to know Jesus as your best friend and to be saturated in the Holy Spirit every day. I ache for that for you and for me. I want us to climb the mountain of God in 2016. No more just living in the tangles of life, that sin that so easily holds us back, but instead running the race that God has for us, for you. Why are you here? Why did he make you? What is the calling on your life? What does he have planned for you? Your life is not over. It is just beginning. And that is so exciting to me. And so my prayer for you and for me for us to close out 2015 with so much gratitude for what he has done, but setting our sights on 2016 and what he has planned for us. The best is yet to come because of Jesus. Whew. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your support. Thank you for cheerleading me. Thank you for journeying with me. And hashtag thanks for listening.